Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast where we do care about the Green Bay Packers and we don't credit anything else. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to Dedicated Packers Sunday, November 5th, and the Green Bay Packers have picked up their third win of the NFL season. We're halfway through the year, and the Packers have three wins. They're on pace for six and six and ten. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Just exactly how you wanted the season to go. No, I'm kidding, of course. But nice to see them get in the win column today. They are now, I mean, you probably feel a little bit better than you would. Obviously, still millions of things to clean up, but plenty of positives. We're going to talk about it all. Pre-game, just a a couple of things that came up from an injury standpoint. Quay Walker and Rudy Ford were both held out today after Quay Walker popped up on the injury report on Friday, Rudy Ford on Thursday. And yeah, that's uh, just kind of what happens in, in the season. Guys show up. Both of them did not play today. The people who did play in their place, Anthony Johnson Jr. and Isaiah McDuffie, had themselves a couple of awesome days. So shout out to those two guys. But Quay Walker and Rudy Ford did not play in this game. Samari Toure, this was an interesting one. He was inactive. Now, we don't know, I guess we'll see on Wednesday, whether he actually tweaked something or was just a a healthy scratch. But Malik Heath was active over him. So whatever reason there was for that. That, that happened, and then additionally, Brett Ripien, he was starting for the Rams over Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford held out with his injury. Last thing, real quick, the offensive line to start was Yosh at left tackle, and then Elton Myers, Runyon, and Tom. So Packers sticking with the change they made last week of going from Rashid to Yosh. They, they came out with that same drive to start. And looking through the game, Packers obviously won 20-3. Couple of notes, especially early on. The biggest thing that stood out was how many drive-killing penalties there there were. I mean, the Packers just crushed themselves yet again with penalties. On the first drive, you had an offside call on Yash Nyman, though it seemed like on the replay it was Runyon who was actually the one offside, which negated a fourth and one conversion. The Rams were, the Packers, sorry, were moving the ball, just killed themselves with that offside penalty. On defense, on the Packers' second defensive series, they had two flags back-to-back. The first one negated what would have been a third and long, set the Rams up with a first down around midfield. Then Gary, on the very next play, after that penalty, comes in, gets a sack, but is called for being offsides. And so that sack, his sack gets negated. They get to first and five. Just super, super undisciplined to start. As if things couldn't get worse, on the Packers' fourth drive, you had the exact same situation. Fourth and one, Packers QB, sna- QB sneaking, John Runyon Jr. called offsides again. Now, now that we've you know had time to hear the players talk, basically what happened is the John Runyon Jr. lined up the way he's always lined up in you know in all of his career, in the way he has you know in short yarded situations. The NFL has begun making an emphasis of calling the way the offense is, is lining up as offsides, supposedly in a response to the success the Eagles have been having with their QB sneak play, but maybe just a general officiating thing that they wanted to emphasize. So Runyon 
he first he committed that first penalty. Didn't even realize it was him though, because the ref called it on Yash. Then came in, committed the same penalty again. Offsides, I guess per the way they're officiating games now, but not the way they had been officiating them. So that's kind of what happened there. But I mean, just you can't do that, right? Two drives just killed by the exact same penalty. Being young is one thing, thing, right? But to get flag after flag after flag, especially on guys who are not young. Runyon, not young. Rashawn Gary, not young. That's a whole nother thing, right? And completely unacceptable. The other major note I had from this game, and this was kind of true throughout the game, it looked like two bad teams. Both teams were like, here, you take the game. No, you take the game. No, no, really, you take the game. It's like when you're out with uh, with friends and you're trying to figure out who's going to pay. You pay. No, you pay. No, you pay. It was a crap show. The Packers' first drive, right, it got wiped out by penalties. The Rams' first drive stalled at midfield, not because, you know, the Packers did anything super impressive. The Packers did get some penetration, but the Rams called a jet sweep run on third and inches to their not the speediest Ben Skoranek. Ben Skoranek? Ben Skoranek. I struggled with his name in the preview episode too. They called a jet sweep to him. That got absolutely blown up. The Rams' second drive stalled because Brett Ripien fumbled at midfield. Just an absolute crap show. In the second half, The Packers fumbled on back-to-back drives, essentially trying to gift the Rams scoring opportunities. The Rams couldn't capitalize, missed a kick right before the half, and then missed a kick at the end of the third quarter. Just LA and Green Bay were going back and forth, trying to outdo each other in terms of who can miss more kicks, who can fumble the ball more, everything. It was, (laughs) you add the rain on top of that game, it was some pretty ugly football. So that's sort of the two major takeaways I had from the games. Looking more specifically at a couple of players, Jonathan Owens, shout out to Jonathan Owens, filling in for really the Packers' two starting safeties, Savage and Ford, were both out. So in their place, Jonathan Owens and Anthony Johnson Jr. Jonathan Owens, awesome game from him. He had a strip sack, which was recovered by Devondre Campbell. Just an awesome play for the defense. Got, I want to say, the offense, their first touchdown in the first half since the Atlanta game. So incredible incredible there he really just finally getting his opportunity on defense came up big early there in the first quarter other uh bits of news couple injuries kenny clark down hurt he walked off on his own but went into the medical tent um he ended up getting carted to the locker room with what is a shoulder injury matt did say after the game that you know long term there's not a lot of concern so it doesn't sound like is going to be like ir stint worthy or anything but Hopefully, you know, he's going to be okay. Uh, Yash Nyman also got injured. It was a back injury for Yash. He was questionable to return. Rashid Walker came in at left tackle. I'm not actually sure whether Yash Nyman ended up going back in. I, I want to say Rashid just played the rest of the game at left tackle. So hopefully Yash is okay. Um, Keyshawn Nixon, he also got hurt. Not sure whether he returned to the game. Look, I joke a lot about Keyshawn Nixon getting burnt, but... He's really one of the few cornerbacks that they have at this point. Absolutely dynamic on the kick return. So those those guys getting injured, Keyshawn, Kenny, Yosh, all of that a little bit sad. And then another injury to Christian Watson, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, last thing, interesting on the Packers' first touchdown drive, Sean Ryan was in at right guard. And you thought that was weird because why would he be in at right guard? Well, the drive started, and they started moving the ball. 
and this came right after Runyon screwed up on fourth down, so you thought, hey, maybe the Packers coaches decided to make a change, and guess what? It really looked like it was working, because on Sean Ryan's first drive, really the first drive of his NFL career, not including the preseason, the Packers scored their first first half touchdown since Atlanta 49 days ago. That is remarkable, right? You're thinking, this is the Sean Ryan breakout game. That's what everyone was thinking going in, right? And it looked like our priors were being confirmed. However, Runyon was put back in immediately following that drive. It seemed like Runyon was just slightly banged up. I think he actually was in the medical tent during that drive. So it didn't seem like a change the Packers coaches actually decided to make, but more one that had to be done because Runyon was banged up. I will say, interesting they put Sean Ryan in over Royce Newman. Kind of shows you where they're sitting there and kind of shows you where they should be sitting there because Sean Ryan looked pretty freaking good. Now, this is not the worst game Runyon's ever played, but I'm all for getting Sean Ryan some snaps in there. I think uh, a little Yash slash Rashid left tackle, Elton Myers, and then Sean Ryan, and then Zach Tomline. I could definitely get behind that. That... It's pretty much what I have for you on the game in in terms of general thoughts. I mean, last thing overall, the Packers picked up a win, right? Ugly, yeah, ugly, crap show, right? Just people throwing the ball all around, but a nice performance by the defense, giving up just three, though, granted to Brett Rippian, right? The offense wasn't good, but they were good enough, and finally, Green Bay gets back on track. They were able to play just a little bit of complimentary football and play, I mean, what I would call a semi-competent game. And, and that's what you're looking for, right? It looks like they're getting better. It seems like, you know, we, you, you kind of bought them out week five against Vegas, maybe, maybe week six against Denver, but you come back, you look a little bit better against Minnesota. You look even better now against LA. Next week's going to be a tough test against the Steelers, especially on the offensive side of the ball, because the Steelers defense is pretty freaking good. But, it, you know, things are trending in the right direction. With all that being said, Let's talk quickly about my offensive notes to the game. The biggest thing is that they're just too messy. And there's so much promise on this offense. I mean, I, if I went through the list right now, Dontavion Wicks, he's been awesome. He's finally getting the targets that he deserves and he's delivering. Had something like four or five catches in this game. Jordan Love looks good. He had an atrocious miss to Watson, the one you can't miss. Watson toasted his cornerback on that one. Blocked his ass off today, so shout out Christian Watson. But uh, yeah, Love can't miss that ball. But other than that, he looked pretty freaking good. Zach Tom's obviously a stud. Elton Jenkins, pretty awesome. We know that. Nyman's been good. Sean Ryan looked good. Aaron Jones is a stud. AJ Dillon, he's been playing well. Luke Musgrave, right? Had an awesome catch today. Even Tucker Crafts beginning to look better as a blocker. Again, there's so much promise. It looked like on a lot of these drives, they were trending towards having success, right? But somehow you're just getting mistakes killing drives because let me go through the Packers first seven drives first drive they're moving at midfield second drive they scored a touchdown third drive they were moving in Rams territory fourth drive they were moving at midfield fifth drive they you know make it into field goal range sixth drive they're at midfield after a 51 yard return and on the seventh drive they rip off two big time runs Somehow, someway, the Packers scored seven points on those seven drives. Just utterly atrocious. Turnovers killed a couple of the drives, two of the last two specifically, the the one on the kick return where Wicks ended up fumbling after that kick return, and then Aaron Jones with a fumble on the seventh drive. Penalties killed a couple of them, including the first and fourth one where they were moving at midfield, getting to fourth and one, convert, but 
Runyon's called off sides, and then missed kicks, right? They got into field goal range down at the end of the half. Anders Carlson misses the kick. So, yeah, it looks like a lot of things are working well, but then seven drives into the game, you only have seven points in despite it seeming like things are working well. And these self-inflicted mistakes just kind of killed the offense. And, I mean, if you want to look through what specific mistakes there were, Jordan Love missed Christian Watson on what should have been a walk-in touchdown. Instead of that walk-in touchdown, going up 14-3, to Green Bay had to punt. Green Bay also had two fourth down conversions. I mentioned this, wiped away by offsides calls on John Rennie Jr. That's three of four drives to start, on you know, ending in unforced self-inflicted mistakes. Another mistake, Malik Heath dropped what would have been a big time first down. Uh, and then Jordan made an awful mistake getting sacked at the end of the half. Um, even when they converted, actually, on that third and long after Jordan got sacked, Jaden Reed had a false start, setting them very near the edge of field goal range. Coming out of the half, Dontavion Wicks, near first down, reaches the ball out, isn't touched, ground forces the fumble, and the Rams recover the ball. John, Josh Myers, he had a holding call that turned a first down into second and 15, and they proceeded to, yes, pick up that, you know, second and 15, it actually turned into third and long. They proceeded to pick up that third and long, but guess what you follow that up with? You follow that up with a nice play to Aaron Jones, and then that turns into a fumble. It just, it's a team that cannot get out of its own way. And some of it's on them being young, for sure. That Wicks play, for example, where he tries to reach the ball out, you can't do that, man, right? It was first down. Like, don't reach for that first down. Just hold the ball yourself and don't fumble. Jordan Love missing the ball with Christian Watson. Those can, If you keep missing those balls, Jordan, like, you can't do that, right? Wide open in NFL standards. And you just miss that one. Malik Heath dropped me a pass over the middle. Some of that's on them being young. But... In general, when you're looking at why the offense failed, it's because these mistakes are tanking drives. It's probably the biggest factor in this disappointing season being as disappointing as it has been. And I think it's something that I greatly underlooked going into this season. One thing I just want to say, just to sort of hammer this point home about the Packers killing themselves, was the first time I thought a drive for the Packers offense ended because the Rams actually ended the drive instead of the Packers doing something that messed up the drive was at the very end of the third quarter. The Packers were up seven to three. It was third and goal from like the Rams four yard line. Jordan Love rolled out to his right and Aaron Donald split a John Runyon Jr. Josh Myers double team caught Jordan Love's shoelaces and got him down. That was really the first time I felt like I could say, yeah, that drive ended because the Rams made a play. And that was, that's, it's just kind of how it's been with this team. That's kind of the negative side of things. The positive side is that we got some semblance of an offense going, some semblance of an approach going out there. And I just talked, right, all about the mistakes that tank drives, but let's look at exactly how those drives were in a spot to be tanked. Right, The first massive thing, I think, was the run game started working. It was a massive part of the offense having success, and yeah, they only put up 20. But as Elton Jenkins said, you know, there are multiple drives killed by the refs to not-so-offside, offsides calls, right? Now, you can say, okay, maybe there are more offside calls. Now, whatever. Two of those drives were killed there by penalties. You hit a couple more plays. Maybe you capitalize on that Keyshawn Nixon punt return or kick return. Maybe... You just have Jordan Love hit Christian Watson, who absolutely destroys his cornerback. That's another two drives with points. And so Green Bay, you stop some of these mistakes, 
you're maxing out around well over 30 points, right? How? Well, the run game, again, massive part. On their first touchdown drive, they just kind of rode Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon into the end zone, big run after big run after big run. Really the first time I've seen the Packers rip off big run after big run after big run since like 2021, I want to say. Better blocking, right, led to that run game. Sean Ryan on that first touchdown run. Maybe Sean Ryan is the spark that we all needed. Looked damn good out there. So that led to offensive success. And just, I think overall, the ability in this game to, and it's impressive because you're playing an Aaron Donald front, the ability to get five yards instead of two yards, it's really what led to success in this game because you're not, they weren't always playing in second and nine. And funnily enough, when they were in second and nine, drive started to stall a bit. They ran it on first down, Jones gets one yard, okay, the drive's starting to stall a bit. But a lot of the time, they weren't in those situations. They were in second and five, second and four, and now you're in a much better position to go out there and make plays. I think that because of the run game, they were able to resemble, you know, somewhat, a somewhat competent offense. And it was awesome to see. Now, of course, there were things that you can improve. I was not a fan of Matt putting John Runyon Jr. back in over Sean Ryan after Ryan looked as good as he did. Um, the running game did start to struggle a bit more later in the game, but on the whole, I think slightly improved blocking plus Aaron Jones getting the ball more that led to an improved running game, improved offensive results, and hopefully, ideally, they can carry that success over going into Pittsburgh. Another thing that I thought they did a lot better this game was legitimately just catching passes. Christian Watson went up an absurd play from Christian Watson setting up the the dagger play on that last touchdown. Dontavion Wicks, he was making catch after catch after catch. Just awesome to see him getting used more, really starting to feel like him and Dobbs are being used appropriately. And then aside from one Malik Heath drop, the receivers were out there making plays for the young quarterback. And guess what? Once receivers start making plays, as opposed to the Minnesota game where it felt like there were drops left, right, and center, you can really start to see the passing game come together. And I think that's what we saw. Now, the last step for that offense to get over just, you know, yeah, they were competent today. I think that last step is for one of two things to happen. Either one, they need to have close to flawless execution. But I don't think that's going to happen because... It's, they're a young team. They're they're going to commit penalties. Execution's never going to be perfect. So if that's not going to happen, then they have to make up for it by hitting explosives. That miss to Watson, right? I'm going to keep coming back to that. Can't, that cannot happen. That's pr- probably Love's most egregious miss of the season at this point. Underthrows Christian Watson by a lot, like five feet, six feet, seven feet compared to where the ball was where it should, versus where it should have been. Just an atrocious ball from Jordan Love. You have to hit that deep shot. And I think if they keep getting the running game going in these games, they will get more opportunities deep, but you have to start hitting the deep shots. I think it'll come. It came last year, but this year it's, it's last year it was, can the receivers make plays downfield? This year, the receivers can get open downfield and we know they can make plays downfield. Can the quarterback hit those deep shots? The quarterback has to improve, not the receivers. We'll see what happens, but if they start hitting those explosives, that's when this offense starts to become really, really fun. On the defensive side of the ball, the first note I have is that there is a lot of young talent, and it flashed today. Some guys I want to give a shout-out to. Carl Brooks, pretty freaking awesome game from Carl Brooks. Some massive plays in the run game. He had one play where he basically took a blocker 
carried that blocker backwards into the Rams running back and then proceeded to have Lucas Van Ness tackle the running back. I mean, an incredible play there. He had a tip pass forcing, I want to say, a a third down stop. And then he was on fourth and two or fourth and one, maybe even fourth and inches in Green Bay territory. Carl Brooks with a massive run stop. The Packers blow up the Rams run game. He was making a massive impact. Just incredible. Yes, Kenny being injured sucks. Maybe you get to see a little bit more Carl Brooks. Awesome game from him. Colby Wooden, he was a massive part of the fourth and two stop that I mentioned to begin that fourth quarter. Awesome play from him there. Anthony Johnson Jr., nice little game for Anthony Johnson Jr., right? Comes in, gets his first real regular season action. Had an awesome hit on Tyler Higby to force an incompletion. He plays with an awesome fire that I love. Also got an interception. Now, did he do too much work on the interception? No, right? Jair tipped the pass up in the air, but man... Anthony Johnson Jr. in the right place at the right time, had a nice game on the hole, got rewarded with a little interception there. And then Carrington Valentine, I'm going to talk about him later. I mean, you want to talk about fire? I'll get to him and my players to watch, but holy hell, what a fire, what a game from Carrington. You add some awesome days from your two best players, Jair, Gary, right? You're going to get a pretty damn nice performance from the defense, and that's exactly what you got today. And the second defensive note I have is that they were upbeat, they were energetic, they were flying around, and when guys play well on this defense, they dominate. Now, my issue with Joe Barry, just in general, is that he doesn't elevate his players, he doesn't really use his players to their skill set, but today, when guys are on their game and they're looking as live as they were looking today... It doesn't really matter. Rashawn Gary looked like he was shot out of the cannon after signing his extension. Jair looked like primetime Jair. Carrington, strong physical football, what you love to see from him. Kenny Clark looked good. Carl Brooks mentioned him. Devondre Campbell, Isaiah McDuffie, Jonathan Owens. All those guys look good. They're flying around. They were rallying to the football. And, you know, they played just a more strong physical brand of coverage, of, of football, of defense. And it was so awesome to see. It's nice to see a Green Bay defense flying around and making plays. So that was a lot of fun to watch today. Again, they played Brett Ripien, so throw an asterisk next to it, whatever you have to do. But nice little day there from the from the defense. That brings me to my players to watch. First player to watch, Christian Watson. And I blame Jordan Love. I blame Jordan Love for making this close. Because if Jordan had hit Christian Watson on that massive deep ball in the first half, this would have been a guarantee. This would have been a walk-in players to watch for me. Unfortunately, Christian Yap toasts his guy, but Jordan Love underthrows the deep ball. So other work had to be done here for me to earn the W. And it, it looked bad. It looked really bad for some time. Packers still kind of refused to get Christian Watson his targets, something that they really need to start doing. I don't know why they're not, but whatever. It's kind of the world we're living in. However, then on third and long, third and 11, Jordan Love dials up a deep ball for Christian Watson. It's not a great ball. Christian Watson kind of has to fade backwards, puts probably way too much air under it. But Christian Watson, who everyone was saying before this game, you know, oh my God, he's so small. He plays so small. He doesn't fight for the ball. Christian even admits himself, yeah, I got to play a little bit bigger. But I said, man, when did you see Christian Watson really win those jump balls last year? He probably had one versus Tennessee. You got one this year. An incredible, incredible catch from Christian Watson. Uses every single inch of his six foot four frame to go up, high point the ball, bring it down, land on his shoulder, on his neck, 
but still hang on to the ball. Just a ludicrously impressive catch. I mean, probably the most impressive, the best catch of his career from an impact standpoint. That was a massive conversion that set up the Luke Musgrave game ceiling touchdown, which, by the way, what a freaking play call on that play. Awesome play call, awesome play design, incredible execution. So I thought, yeah, maybe I should give myself the L here, right? Is it really in the spirit of player to watch if I give myself the W after my player to watch had one play, right? But I'm giving it to myself. And I'm going to justify it for two reasons. I'm going to say, first of all, incredible catch at an incredible time. Second of all, if Jordan Love hadn't brutally underthrown him, Christian Watson would have had two awesome plays. So that makes me three and two. The last thing I do want to say, Christian Watson, (laughs) right after that play, had to go to the sideline, listed with a chest, back, and possible concussion. Uh, Yeah, Matt LaFleur did say after the game that you know, they think he's not concussed, so it seems like just the chest injury and the back injury, right? Few other other than other than the chest injury and back injury, he's totally fine. Um, no, but hopefully he's okay. It's a tough break. I I mean, I hope that he'll be okay by this time next week. Matt did say, right, that, you know, they're looking through everything, but they he did say Probably not concussed, so that's good news there. Now, Christian did walk off. Didn't look like he was in too much pain, even jogged to the locker room, but you never really know. Just a little bit scary there, so hopefully he's fine. 3-12, and incredible catch. Christian, second player to watch, Carrington Valentine. What a freaking fracking call for me. I said, I said, you know, Carrington, awesome preseason, struggling in Denver. I said, maybe he's going to be allowed to go out there, play physical. My God, he did everything in that game that I thought he did well on col- in college. He was b- breaking super hard on the comeback routes. He was playing tight, sticky man coverage. Just has a sort of dog mentality about him that, I mean, I remember Rasul Douglas having, right? As, uh, as soon as one week ago, incredible day from Carrington Valentine. Shut down Puka Nakua, rookie wide receiver who'd gone in, had a bunch of hype, was terrorizing a bunch of other teams. Carrington said, yeah. I know you're supposed to be good. I'm shutting you down. And oh boy, did he shut him down. What a day. What a day. What a day from Carrington Valentine. Clearly a W here. Probably my most convincing W of the year. 4-12 and 12 there. That's what I'm making myself. Awesome days from both my players. Well, awesome day for Carrington. Good day for Christian Watson, considering that massive catch. Um, yeah, just uh, overall an awesome game. Awesome day. Not going to say it was an awesome game. Both teams kind of wanted to lose that game. But the Packers, they're in the win column. They're going to be back home at 10 a.m. to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, they can just keep building from here, right? You just get a little bit of momentum, keep stacking the wins. All of a sudden, guess what? Maybe you're 8-6. and six. Maybe you find yourself with a chance to get into the playoffs. I wouldn't bet on it, but... There's always a world. So that's what I have for you. As always, thank you so much for listening to Dedicated Packers. I will be back on Wednesday, but until then, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!